Do you remember, and this is a long time ago, I never got into trading like hockey cards or basketball cards or anything like that. My dad's got a giant collection somewhere, but um, for a while, McDonald's was dealing out those holographic hockey cards and those were the hottest thing. And I really got into it for that period of time and then they just stopped and I forgot all about it, I think, until now. Um, but they were actually really fun. And that was probably the closest I ever got to card collecting. Right on. Well, I can tell you what is just as fun as a toy inside of your Happy Meal. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to kick off the Moho Show. It's that time of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to or welcome back to the Moo Show. He is the fries to my burger, the Coke to my nuggets, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Henry. And my name's Ryan Bialik. Welcome to the Moo Show. Welcome, everyone. And did you just come like Coke to your nuggets? What did you, what did you do to your chicken nuggets as a kid? I was a burger guy. I don't know. I was a <laughs> still am. Coke and nuggets. What? Why not? Uh, sure. Why not? And you need sure, the sweet. Not? You need the sweet. You need the savory. That's true. That's true. There you um, go. I will continue dipping my nuggets in my iced tea. Thank you very much. Ooh. Interesting. Well, let's kick <laughs> off the show on that. On that <laughs> in a high, less weird note, <laughs> intense note. Yeah, I've got a little bit of playful news uh, just to just to kick off the show. It uh, it's Microsoft Teams birthday. Happy five year birthday. Microsoft Teams. Isn't it interesting? Uh, And it doesn't really feel like five years. I remember when Teams came out, uh, was was working for a a larger Microsoft partner. So we got some behind the scenes, a little sneak preview, if you will, of Microsoft Teams. And I remember being into Skype for Business. That was our communication platform. We used it for calls, we used it for meeting, and we used it for uh, internal and external chat. And we took our first looks at this Microsoft Teams thing, and I really didn't know where it was going to go. And is it is it kind of a SharePoint thing? Is it kind of a Yammer thing? Where where are they going with this? So uh, originally started as a hackathon project or a sort of an internal Skunk Works project, and probably as as Alex has added to our show notes, a pretty good middle finger to uh, to Slack and some other competitors. Um, Quite famously, some backstory is Microsoft was going to go buy Slack originally, and Bill Gates said, no, make it internally, design it ourselves. And so I, I believe that hackathon or that internal Skunk Works project ramped up, and here we go. We've got Microsoft Teams as the, the result. Was that a Gates decision or was that a Balmer decision? Because I thought Gates was only on the board at that point. I think even Balmer was gone at that point. Gates... I think his oversight, his wisdom was the, the fingers on the puppet to still well, kind of like in the background. Yeah. Yeah. As, I mean, he's, he's still involved and uh, I believe even to this day is still an advisor. So his advice was don't buy him, Just knock him yourself. off. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, here we go. Uh, we have Microsoft teams, such an important part of, of our day um, of our business of what we talk about. Um, it's almost part of our uh, of our culture now in in the workplace. So, after two years, so on Microsoft's uh, team's second birthday, twenty two million uh, daily active users, right? And then pandemic, remote work, hybrid work, all of that happened. Now Microsoft is celebrating two hundred and seventy million users. So, twenty two million after a couple of years, and then I think the platform really solidified. Uh, after those first couple of years. And again, now it's such a major part of so many people's day is coming to to work or going down to the basement office and uh, connecting to Teams. I remember when Teams was announced, um, it was supposed to be the uh, replacement for Skype for Business or just Skype in general. I haven't been checking in a while. How's that going? (laughs) As far as I know... As far as I know, it's really difficult now to use Skype for business if yeah. if you haven't transitioned away. There's there's so many hooks. There's so many gotchas. There's so many ways that they've made the platform 
uh, or teams that is, uh, they've, they've made teams the, the way you've got to go forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you they really won't let won't. Skype die though. Well, I, I mean, a great consumer brand. I still, you know, when I watch the news, I still see reporters and, uh, journalists, they connect over, uh, over Skype. You see the little logo in the, the watermark on the screen. So still a great consumer brand, still a great way to call friends, chat with friends that isn't owned by Meta or some other organization. So I think it's still the go-to communications tool for a lot of consumers, not not even in the business realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really got it. I missed the Skype train. I tried it once, but I didn't really have anyone that used it. So I was... I was the Google Hangouts guy that I pushed that one for the long time. And I had maybe at like five people that used that one. Um, remember Google Plus? I remember Google Plus. Um, for about five minutes? Um, I thought it was kind of neat for, yeah, about five minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, that was cool. I'm not really going to use this ever again. Yeah. But it was a nicer version of what Facebook was offering That's at the true. time. Like That's visually. True. That's about it. Um, but I think that was like the biggest sign that no one really wanted more social media platforms. Right. And yet, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, that still isn't the case. Yeah. Right on. So thinking about Microsoft Teams, again, um, thinking about how important the platform is to to our work, to you know most of the organizations that we talk to, um, looking at the platform, we've called it out. I know I've called it. I've stuck my neck out there saying this is just as important of a platform as windows was to the 90s uh and so uh, i'm i'm still seeing that inertia i still have those conversations with customers looking to see what they can do with the platform getting the most value out of it so it's very very still a very very exciting place to be even though we're five years in and knowing what we know about features that are coming to teams uh organizationally working across orgs working across different teams and the topic du jour hybrid work uh, does not seem to be going anywhere anytime soon uh, certainly organizations many organizations even the, the the organization that we work to we are working through we're having the dialogue about hybrid work and how it's going to work and how can we keep it equitable for sort of two different camps, those that need to be in the office because their job requirements, their job duties entail doing something at a place, in a specific place. Balancing that with those who are more traditional knowledge worker roles where we can we can be anywhere. Uh, we can talk to anyone from anywhere. Using a tool like Microsoft Teams is the that organization and collaboration layer for hybrid work. But that is our our discussion topic this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is how to keep hybrid work fair for all. Yeah, we had a good discussion about this last week um, because ultimately this is something that a lot of managers are really kind of kind of grappling with in mm-hmm. terms of well, you, you, from a business perspective, like upper management has to decide: is are you going to keep the are you going to keep everyone remote? Are you going to go hybrid or are you going to force everyone back to the office? The latter, keep uh, asking everyone to come back to the office is going to be right with a lot of controversy and a lot of pushback likely. Um, as an example, uh, last week I was reading this article about it was some company in Toronto that asked everyone to come back to the office and to quote unquote celebrate they put up these posters on the I front entrance yep. that yep. was basically like, your dog is missing you. Welcome back. Welcome back. And your, get, your sweatpants are missing you. And what was the third one? Something sweat. about kids, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was like, no one, did anyone proofread this? Did anyone kind of go, I get what they're trying to do. Be tongue in cheek and mm-hmm. just trying to get people excited about coming back. But read the room. <laughs> yeah. As upper management, read the room. Do people want to come back? And if the feedback is no, if it's 20%, 30%, 80%, whatever that percentage is, respect it, Mm -hmm. acknowledge it, and work with it. So that's kind of where we're at here is the second option is the hybrid environment where 
you let people or create some kind of system in terms of, you know, how often do you have to come back? What is that ratio? Two days in, three days in, four days in, and a couple of days at home? Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing uh, just through some discussions with friends and family and how their employers are handling it. Some are doing three days a week, four days a week. Some have different rotations and how they can do it. Some are just being allowed to stay at home as much as they want because it might make more sense for them. But you and I got into this discussion because we know, especially um, anyone in upper management will know that not every job is created the same. Not everyone has can do their job from home either as well or at all because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe your facility work or an operations work, you have to be in the facility to do your job. So you don't get those same benefits of being able to kind of roll into your sweatpants and turn on your computer and just start your day while, you, while you're still in your bathroom. And so we started thinking about this. It's like, well, how do you address that? How do you kind of balance it out for those who get that perk and those who don't? Because it might come down to being a perk of working at your company, right? This is something that a lot of employers and employees, future employees, are going to be looking for. Can I work from home and how much? And if your policy is no or not enough, then I might go look somewhere else that will accommodate me because... I've got kids, I've got, you know, a 22 hour, three hour travel or um, to to this job. I've mm-hmm. got other commitments now that because we've been at home for two ish years. You can't just turn that off and just go back to the way things were. Life doesn't work like that. And if employers can't recognize that, then you're going to really hurt your work base. You're going to hurt worker confidence. So it's kind of where we're at. It's there's no easy solution for that. So, no. Ryan. What do you think are some ways that employers can actually approach balancing this out for the employees that have to be at work? Right. And, and, and just that, keeping that one word in mind, and that is balance. Uh, and, and I think also, you know, taking a slow and steady approach to it. Um, in, in talking with colleagues and talking with, with other uh, business owners and team leads and managers, looking at, I don't want to say it's a problem, that gives it maybe a, a negative connotation, but but looking at the challenge of how do we get some people back some of the time? Uh, and again, I think it's got to be balance and it's got to be a, a slow and steady approach. We basically have to undo the routines and undo the habits and timing and, and those types of things, undo two years of getting used to that and i mean if it was two months no problem it would be a much easier switch to to flip if you will but i think we've got to ease on back slowly steadily pause at some point and take you know take the temperature take a measure of how people are feeling um what what your costs are looking like um costs in terms of productivity uh with People being in multiple locations, costs in, um, you know, people's mental health, uh, stress and anxiety about being out of the, the house or the, the flip side, maybe the, the return on uh, having people in the same room, in the same building, uh, that learning by osmosis factor, that uh, being able to see people again, um, I do believe there's a benefit to it. But again, I, I think... The best approach is a tentative one. Measure the costs, measure the benefits, readjust if you have to. Mm-hmm. Maybe start with two days at the office, three days at home. Eventually ramp to a three days at work, two days at home. Um, and, and continue to, to fine tune. It, it's going to depend a lot on the worker, the colleague, uh, and, and what they've gone through in the last couple of years. And, and their role, like you say, some jobs just are not conducive to be done at home. Um, that said, now, if you look across your entire employee base or maybe uh, the larger scope of your team, those that can work at home and those that can't, how do you even keep that fair between two different role types, those that have to come in and those that don't necessarily have to? Um, and And how can we even perhaps look at incentives for those that do have to come in again, just to take some of the edge off or, or to make it a little bit more of a level playing field. Uh, so, yeah, there's, I want to go back to a word you used because I'm going to use this in kind of um, as an employee, as like you use the word 
undo some of the changes uh, in the last couple of years. From, a, from an employee perspective, this isn't undoing. This is disruption to the everyday. Okay. Let me use a let me use a so let me just phrase. Let me, no, no, no. I hear what you're saying, but let me just let me kind of continue on that thought for a second. Um, because ultimately, when we look at employees, um, if you've been investing, if you have kids work uh, that can't go to school that have to be at home, if you have changed your commute in that two years because maybe you had to move for you know, multiple reasons, you can, like employers cannot expect. I think that coming back to the office is going to be the same. Like you're saying for everyone, it's going to be very different, which means the needs are going to be very different. If I move farther away, I've got higher gas prices. I've got a longer transit route. I have to leave earlier. I have to find a babysitter. A lot of things impact that decision. Mm-hmm. And if you can't take that into consideration as in, the ma- in management, you can't, if you're not feeling that out and seeing at the employee level, what their concerns are, you're going to miss the boat and you're going to be stuck with a lot of unhappy staff that are not going to be very productive because they're going to be more stressed. They're going to be a lot more distracted and they're going to be less productive than they were when they just got to work from home. And then you're going to be doing damage control because then you're going to be changing policies again to accommodate them because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's basically just rework in that case because now you got to go back and assess and talk to people and change your policies and communicate all that. So what I'm basically saying is do that work up front before you make that change. Talk to people. Talk to everyone. At the supervisor level, talk to your team. At the management HR level, talk and gather that feedback so that way you can make those plans because it's just not going to go back to the way it was because you want it to. It's not how the, that's right. just not how it's going to work. Well let me let me go back and then eat let me eat my undo. Let me eat my undo. Um we have to unpack the habits that we've made in the last two years. So my my wake up time for the family here, because uh, because I don't go to the office, I haven't returned to the office in in any sort of frequency just yet. Um, that routine is set, and we've been we've been doing that very very consistently. Uh, now to like you say to get to the office, the commute's different. You got to wake up at different times. So again, that's that's an adjustment, and I think we. You need to sort of unpack those habits. I'm used to not running out the door with um, with my briefcase. You know, I know I don't have to pack the bag. I don't have to do that that step. I'm gonna have to do that for two years. I bet the first time I have to do it, I'm gonna forget a bunch of crap at home. I'm gonna leave my mouse and my extra charging dock and all those things. Two years ago, I was really good. It was habitual. I knew I knew how to do it. It was just part of the day, and we've unlearned that or we've not had to do it. So it mm-hmm. kind of has fallen off as a habit. So again, slow and steady is the way the experts talk about building great habits, slow and steady and 21 days and certain number of hours and then lickety split. Right. Yeah. So like last year or last, you can tell I'm in the office today and yeah. I was in the office last week too, uh, for the show. And, um, I ended up forgetting a handful of things like you're saying, because I hadn't been here so long. So I thought I was super prepared. I got my clothes taken out the night before I packed my bag. I ended up forgetting my lunch by the door. I forgot my <laughs> water bottle. The only thing I brought was my coffee and my laptop and everything. So it was just like these little things that, we've ta- we've had many many years to build up and learn and just get used to like from generation to generation and then we threw it all away as soon as we're locked inside trying to go back we can't just like flip a switch even if we get a month's notice and say hey you're coming back on the first of april great well come the first of april what that was that going to look like everyone's going to come back have to set up their desks they have to set up their workstations again they're going to have to figure out they're going to have to readjust a lot of things yep. so it's a disruption to not only the individual but also the business yep. if you're not prepared yep. if they're not prepared um that's why i like the option of being able to pick a couple of days a week and not saying that and this is just me personally if i had the choice i would say you know, if I had to come in three days a week, let me pick the days mm-hmm. that make sense for me. And then talk to work with your supervisor to make sure that makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the employees that don't really get that option. What can we do for them? The ones that have to be at the facility. 
ones that have to be there. So um, again, let's think about leveling the playing field. Um, again, some people may be way happy to be at the office, uh, mm-hmm. and and hats off to them. That's that's great. Um, but perhaps it's the it's maybe the the freebies or the you know the the perks that you, one can offer. Um, things like parking, better parking, transportation costs. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Maybe like paying for lunches, encouraging them to. Mm-hmm. If you have an office downtown, take them up for lunch or give them an allowance. I have heard of a bunch of companies that do that that give yep. an allowance for people to eat downtown because it's really those small restaurants and everything are really dependent on those offices having staff. Yeah. Our downtown has suffered from a lot of that lack of traffic, that lack of infrastructure because mm-hmm. everyone's been working from home. So yeah. a lot of these businesses are going, Hey, come back downtown, come, you know, spend some money and we'll kind of help that transition. Not everyone, but it is food for thought to kind of make coming back a bit more appealing. Or if you've had to stay downtown, making that a bit more level. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I don't get to work from home, but you know, I get the front row parking spot. I get maybe, you know, paid lunches a couple of times a month, yep. Ma- like transportation costs. Maybe you're covering bus passes. Those go a long way to, they might seem small, but they do, they do cost money, but they will help balance things out. I yep. think. And those are just some light ideas that yeah. HR yeah. management can toy with. Yeah, and and something again. Let's let's take a look at um, some of the benefits of working from home. Is benefit or or not? Is you could pick up and put down, and you can you can fast switch, and you can come back. And if you got that fifteen minutes in the evening, um, I, I read a really interesting article about those that work from home. They call it the three peak workday because you come in in the morning, you sit down in the morning, and you get a lot of productivity, and then you kind of slow down around lunchtime. You get hungry. You eat, you perk back up, you have a second peak of productivity. But then in the evening hours, oh, my laptop's sitting there on the kitchen counter. I'll just answer a couple of emails. You see that little dead cat bounce. There's a little blip at the end of the day, and they call it the three-peak workday versus those that are um, maybe more in line with going to the office or going to a fixed place to work. It's a a two-peak workday. It's it's morning and afternoon. So, So think about that. Uh, and again, this may not be conducive for every kind of job or every kind of role, but think about breaks and think about lunch break and think about flex time. So even though your uh, hours of operation for your business may be nine to five, again, maybe a perk for someone that has to come back to HQ is seven to three, six to whatever um, with a different break. A longer day, a shorter day. Again, if you can get creative, as long as the work is getting done, as long as customers are being served, patients are being seen, students are being taught, whomever you serve, as long as that mission's being fulfilled, uh, again, come to the office. And if you want to take a two-hour lunch and stay later, okay. If you want to have a shorter day, okay. If you want to come in in the evening, uh, and, and just have the place to yourself and have quiet time, or maybe a smaller team comes in in the evening. Maybe some people want that too. I mean, that flexibility, if you can extend your hours of operation, or at least the ability for staff to work in those hours, great, let them mm-hmm. do it, if that makes sense. And it's always a fine line of... um working within your hours so you know because that three that three day or three peak work day i think you called it um is an interesting one because i definitely feel it like Mm -hmm. late afternoons are really hard for me um but ultimately we kind of use that as a tool to kind of bounce out the day so maybe it makes more sense for me to pick up at like 5 30 you know after dinner get another burst of energy finish off a couple of tasks and then make, and that allows you to make up those hours. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if you have a family, but you have to work downtown or you have to work, you have to go to the office. You can leave at three o'clock, go pick up your kid, do your things, take, have that family time, eat dinner together, and then use your evening a couple hours there, make up those, those final hours to finish off those tasks that you can do at home. So there are a lot of options that where you can kind of just start pitching to help bounce out that hybrid workspace. But you have the only way you're going to get to those solutions 
again, is through talking to your staff. Right and on. not putting up really um, unflattering banners and posters in your front thinking everyone's going to be super pumped to see you again downtown. Um, we're human. And we, my, my motto is we live to, we, we work to live, not live to work. Some right might on. disagree with that statement, but you know what? I'm not exactly Captain Hustle culture here. So <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we live to hybrid work, 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 or hybrid, hybrid, hybrid work. I think we've, we've already given the hybrid approach, a hybrid approach, but I, I agree with you. You got to have the conversations. You got to be open and honest. And I think the, the complete wrong thing to do would be to just shoehorn people in and force them all back and forget that the last two years have happened. Uh, I think it's got to be a slow and steady approach. And you know me, I, I like to measure and keep score on things. So if it's something that you can measure, if there's output that you can measure, productivity, costs are different, you know, real estate is going to be different, um, all of those different types of considerations. Again, if you can see how you're doing after two or three months and have those good, open, honest, honest conversations again, how is it going? Can we take it to the next step? You know, does the pendulum need to swing one way or the other? Or have we found our, you know, our, our Zen way of working in the hybrid mm -hmm. world? And be honest with your mm -hmm. staff, just to kind of cap off that note is, why is it important for the company to have people come back to the office, especially for those who don't need to be there? I understand the facility workers, the people have to be there, yeah. but the ones that don't. What is your drive? What is your reason to bring them back? And make sure you're showing them how you're measuring that. So if you think that employees are more productive when they're in your building, show them why. Mm -hmm. And show them that change over time to like use your data at, at the end of the day. Because if it's just like, well, the management wants it because they want it, that's not going to build trust and rapport with your staff. That's only going to cause further division and resentment. So just be careful with that one. Work with your staff. Be honest have those conversations right on um and open we'll open this up to anyone in the comments uh, if you're watching this later let us know what you think what could your workplace do to help make your hybrid environment more fair if you have to go into the office what would you like to see change to make to level that uh, playing field a little playing field a little bit mm -hmm. so we'd love to hear your ideas let us know in the comments let us know on twitter wherever you want we'd love to talk Right on. So that's the discussion for the week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move on to another one of our fun segments. It is Alex's week for Watch and Learn. What have you got for us this week, fine sir? Well, uh, we're going back to Teams today. And what we're going to do is take a look at apps in Teams meetings. I was originally going to focus on one app, but I'm going to show you kind of this larger setup and thing that's happening with this customization option in Teams. Um, so let's show my screen here and let's dive into this. So what I'm going to do here is set up a Teams meeting and I'm going to be adding some apps to it to just showcase that process. And then I'm going to show you a gotcha moment a little bit later on that's going to be really key to this. And this one threw me off for about a week and a bit till I figured out how to make this work. So um, my lesson learned is read the documentation, but also... Um, we need better documentation. So I'll show you my <laughs> pains and we'll go from there. So what we're going to do is I'm going to uh, use the new meeting option here just to create a basic meeting. And what I'm going to do is if you've never added apps to a Teams meeting, there's a couple of steps you have to do. First is obviously creating the meeting. So we're just kind of this, we're going to call this Mobo Show. And uh, we'll say it is from 1130 to 12. That looks good. You notice I didn't invite anyone. I just made the meeting. So it's a basic one. It's in my calendar. And if I open this up and expand into it so I can see all the meeting details, along the top, you have these tabs. And what you want to see here is the ability to add tabs, add apps to your meeting. So if you don't have that option, the gap here, number one, is that you have to invite someone first. So I'm going to invite Grady to my meeting. And I'm going to send that update. And now it becomes a real meeting because I have an actual attendee. So I'm going to open this up, hit edit again. 
And then along the top, you're going to see that suddenly I've got the scheduling assistant, I've got meeting notes, a whiteboard tab, an attendance tab. This has become a lot more fleshed out. I've got some options here, including the ability to add more. So let's take a look at this. So I'm gonna hit this plus button. And we're gonna start by adding a fairly popular one. We're gonna start with Microsoft Forms. You can add forms and run quizzes, surveys, polls throughout your meeting. So like we were just talking about during the discussion, if you're having a town hall, you can create these questions, these polls, and launch them before, during, or after your meeting to um, just get some feedback while you're actually talking and facing your attendees, your customers, your clients, your, your staff. So let's go ahead and add this, and I'll populate it with some questions. Ryan, have you ever used this tool before? Uh, I used old school forms with meetings before it was this notion of adding the tab. Yes, I remember that. It was a little different then, but it was yeah. fine. So you can see here, I've got this polls tab now. Let's go ahead and create one or two here just to get this laid out. So we got three questions here. I'm just going to use a standard multiple choice. And uh, I think that looks good. That looks like a pretty a pretty useful question. Everyone wants to know, hmm. you know, option one or option two. There's so many choices. What do we do? Mm -hmm. um, when I was testing this before, it actually gave me some options for um, uh, some suggested questions. So those aren't appearing here now, but that's okay. We've got our question here. And you can see here, I've got the ability to launch it now, edit it or delete. Great. That, that looks good. I'm going to add one more just for safe measure. And we'll uh, just use the word cloud. What's interesting about this one is it's ba your basic text question, but people can just input information into it and it'll generate a word cloud based on people's feedback. So once again, I'll save it as draft. So it's in there now. And the next thing we're going to do is launch um, the first question. So people can actually answer this question before joining the meeting. Great way to get some feedback. So what that'll do is I'll actually push that out into the meeting chat for all the attendees so they can actually come and answer these questions. And you can see here in chat, it should show up in here. There it is. Great. So one thing I'm going to do here is just switch over to Grady's perspective. And let me just drag that window into view for you. There we go. So signed in as Grady. And I can see that meeting I was just invited to. So I'm going to open this up and... I, I'm going to click on this option here to expand it so I can see the meeting details. So I haven't actually has accepted this meeting, but I can see it. It's in my calendar. I can go into the chat and participate in it. And I can even fill out these questions. But what we're going to see here shortly is one of the gotchas. So let's go back to the details. Uh, and oh, Sorry, let's click on polls, that polls tab. And Ryan, what's one thing you noticed? If you were to guess what my gotcha is. Um, what's, uh, oh, you can create new. Brady, uh, Grady can create another poll question, even though we may not want him to. That's right. Hey. As, as someone, I haven't even accepted this meeting yet. That's why I can, I can <laughs> create. Yeah. I can see the draft that I created as Miram in, the, in my other browser. And I can delete them, I can change them, I can modify them. So I have full edit permissions to these polls. Weird, wild, hmm. inappropriate, not really yeah. good. No. Side question, and, and you don't have to answer me right now, but the reason that I never took off with polls in Teams meetings was back in the day, again, back in the day, uh, a year or so ago, if you had a meeting with users outside of your organization, it wouldn't track their voting in the polls. Oh, interesting. And so that's what gave rise for me back at the times is based on a customer request to look at other polling products. Like you see Poly down there, that old uh, parrot icon mm -hmm. is another one that uh, I know some customers looked at because when you had someone in as a guest that wasn't part of your Active Directory or was not working for your organization, it didn't know how to record their identity didn't know how to record their vote and that's why i never really put the pedal to the metal with polls in teams meetings so i don't know so if I, that's gotten better yet I yeah, haven't tested we'll have to that. test it we'll have to try it out so that's something we'll definitely do 
Okay, so I'm back in my window as Miram, in, back in my meeting notes, my meeting details, and I've added another app called Q&A. This is a relatively new one that um, I think it came out late last year. And this allows you to create a, add a Q&A poll to any meeting. And it's a simple two-option poll. It looks a lot, it's really inspired by the Q&A in Yammer these days. So it's a nice big forum that allows you to not only ask questions, but post our uh, discussions too. So you can post out information about the meeting. People can come here and ask questions. And it even gives you an option down below here to moderate attendee conversations. We'll take a look at that in a moment. So let me just post a quick question. Hi, everyone. Looks good. So as Miram, I just posted a, a discussion into that Q&A tab saying, hi, everyone. And now anyone that's an attendee can view this, like, comment on it, or even ask their own question. So let's go over to Grady again. And you can see that Q&A poll here already. I didn't have to refresh the page, which is nice. And let's open this up. So right away, I can see that I can see Miram's. I can like it. I can comment to reply to that question, that comment. And Ryan... You can probably guess the next thing. What else can we notice here? I can delete closed conversations. I can pin them. I can manage. I can mess with other people's posts. And again, as Grady, I haven't even accepted this bloody meeting. <laughs> okay. So what's going on here? That's two for two. So Grady is in the same org here in your demo tenant. Mm -hmm. Grady's in the same org. I wonder, did you go as far as testing it with a guest, with someone External. I didn't test it externally yet. This okay. is just internal. So external, who knows? It might be okay. the same. It might be a little more tight, tightened up. I don't know. Um, so, you hope. <laughs> you hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, on this Q&A page, though, on this tab, there is a little section here called Allow Organizers to Moderate Attendee Conversations. All right. That sounds like what we might want. So I'm going to go back to Miram, and I'm going to enable that as the actual organizer of this meeting. And so I'll turn that on. I have to click save, so I'll do it. And it gives you a little warning saying, once you've turned on attendee moderation, you can't turn it off. So just be aware of that. So let's hit save. And it changes the Q&A tab a little bit. It adds two sections or three sections here. There's an in review for conversations that are new, a published section. So anything that's been posted out to everyone, all the attendees can view all those questions. And there's a section for dismissed questions, things that didn't make the cut from the Q&A from the moderator's perspective. Seems pretty useful. So let me post something as Miram. Just ask a question that says literally, hi, hi. And as the attendee, or sorry, as the organizer, that'll go straight to publish. It doesn't have to go through moderation. As, Grant, as Grady, logging back in, let me try that again. So I'll just type hello world as a question. Hello, word. Hello, world. Spelling is hard. But, Ryan, you can probably see here, and anyone that um, is watching can see that as Grady, I also have the in review, published, and dismissed options. So it's treating me like an organizer, and I have not accepted the meeting. What is going on? So I festered, I, I, I flubbed on this one for a little while and I just didn't get it. I thought this was straight up broken and I was going off to forums trying to figure out what was happening. But I did find a solution. So what I'm going to do here is go back to Miram and I'm going to go into my details of this meeting so I can see the attendees, I can see all that information, agendas, etc. And we're going to go into the meeting options. So if you've never been to meeting options before, this is how you do it. And I'm using this in the web browser. It's similar in the desktop app for Teams. Along this banner here next to the time zone option, there's a three-dot menu, and you should be able to see meeting options. So I'm going to open that up. That's going to open up in a new browser tab, and it's just a one-page section where you can enable or disable change some options for your specific meeting, for this one meeting. So we can change who can bypass the lobby. We can automatically mute attendees. We can unallow the camera. We can turn on automatic um, recording, disable chat if we don't want chat. And we can even turn on captions and a few other things. But what we're going to change here is one setting. And that is who can present. 
Right now, the default is everyone. And this is actually tied to your meeting role, like those apps. So if I change this from everyone to either specific people or only me, it changes the roles. So now I'm going to hit save for that meeting. Let's go back. And I think I need to refresh the page for this one. So I'm going to do that just to make sure my changes are live in my test tenant. Um, I'm going to do that as Grady as well, just to make sure that's fresh. And you should see that change almost immediately. So remember, I have not accepted this meeting as Grady. So that's just going to refresh really quickly. And this worked on my testing. So fingers crossed it works today. And uh, Teams doesn't make me look like a jerk, but we'll find out. Just to just to jump in, Alex, while uh, while this is loading up again, folks, great because we're we're learning a couple of things here. We're learning the extensibility, so adding apps to Teams meetings is a relatively new feature. But think about it in the same way as you add apps to Windows or your phone or to to Teams as well. It's extending the experience or extending the platform. Uh, the second thing of of note here is is meeting details. Uh, get to know that. And if you want a little bit of help, uh, we actually offer a training course called Mastering Teams Meetings. And that's something we focus in on is getting you comfortable with setting those meeting details on a meeting by meeting basis. An internal meeting, probably don't need those controls. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you are doing something with folks outside of your organization, mm -hmm. you may want to apply some of those changes. But, sorry. Absolutely. Shameless plug, checked off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm signed in as Grady, refresh the browser, and I'm on the polls tab. And Ryan, what's different here? There, you're Grady. Okay, you can't add a new question. I can't. And you can't add it. And you can't delete the existing question. And I can't see the draft question that Miram had either. Oh, yes, I can right. only okay. see the live one here that I can vote on, though. It's interesting that I can vote even though I'm still not RSVP to this, but I was directly invited, so that makes a difference. And now let's go over to the Q and A tab. I don't see the in review. I don't see the dismissed. I only see the question form of all the published content. If I go down to that post I did as Miram, there is no option for me to delete, pin, or close this conversation. I can only like, react to it, or comment on it like a normal attendee should be. If I go back to Miram one last time, and it's finally loaded up, I go, I click on that polls tab in the meeting um, in the meeting page. Oh, it really wants to just fight me on this one today. <laughs> go, go back as Grady and ask a new question, and then let's see if it shows up in, in reviewed. Good call. Or to, to review, sorry. Hello. Hello is what my question will be, because that's how I ask questions. Okay, let's go back to Miram, and let's click on polls. Let's try refreshing this one more time. But as we can see, or uh, as we saw, as Grady, could not mess with anything. Mm -hmm. and that's and what that's, we want. That's what we want, yeah. So if you missed it a few minutes ago, under meeting options, I changed who can present from everyone to only me. You can also use specific people, as described in, the, in Microsoft's documentation, as an option as well, to limit who can mess with the stuff in your teams. All right, so that's refreshed. Let's see if I can get over to polls. Oh, boy. Let's just close this and reopen it. Come on, teams. I believe in you. You're only five years old. You can do this. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> Grow up already. It's not a time to have a temper tantrum. Hey, I can throw more shameless plugs in there if you need me to, to buy some time. You know, today it just seems like it doesn't want to cooperate. We try opening this in a new browser tab and just see if that's going to be any different or if that's just going to be the exact same. You know, I've been having a good time over the past few weeks with the Teams web app, and today has just not been one of those days. Open up the meeting, hit the edit button. Oh, some life. We got some life. It's thinking. It's thinking. It's. I believe in you. I believe in you. You just have to believe in yourself. Okay, this one's cooperating. Okay, feels good. Feels good. Be you. <laughs> so, all right, I'm as Miram. I'm back into my meeting details. I'm on the polls tab, and I can see both the live and my draft question like I've done before. And then I can also view the results of my poll. Going back to the Q&A tab, remember moderation is enabled. So I can see Grady's new question under in review, which I can publish or dismiss. 
And so I'll publish it so everyone can see it, comment and react on it. If I didn't want it posted, then I can hit dismissed. These tools, just on the last note, are not, you can do this during the meeting too. They're designed for that live meeting experience. I'm showing you the before meeting experience, but you can do this during a meeting. If you have a big town hall and you don't like using chat to manage the input of questions, yep. you have the Q&A poll and now you know how to set it up. Yeah. In the same way, threaded conversations are such a boon, such a benefit. Uh, again, having someone moderate the questions means if three people ask the same question, you can dismiss two of them and just keep everything nice in context, combined and, and in the right place. Exactly. All right. So that's my watch and learn. I hope this was helpful for anyone out there wondering how to manage meetings, how to add and customize your meetings with some extra tools. There's a ton of them available to you if you hit that plus button. A lot of them are third party, likely require a subscription, but Microsoft's got a couple of first party ones like this Q&A app and of course, Microsoft Forms. That's right it. On. It's a twofer. That is a watch and learn twofer, folks. You learned about extending the meeting experience and meeting details. So right on. Thank you, sir. Fun times. All right, let's, um, let's turn up the pressure. It's time for feature versus feature. All right, as we do, as we do, it's time to look at the score from last week. And Ryan beat me again by two to one. Ah, PowerPoint coach. That was an awesome feature. I will concede to that. That is a, it is a very helpful tool. I um, hope as someone means... who does a lot of presentations, as someone yeah. that has to, that needs that practice and needs that feedback, that was a great tool to have in your back pocket when you just got to work alone for the hybrid worker. I hope that this means that out in the world after this, much better PowerPoint presentations. So oh, <laughs> we're a long way from that. Yes, but one can hope. I go uh, where I'm needed. I go where I'm needed. If I can fix your PowerPoint, I'll do my best. If not, PowerPoint coach is uh, is there for you. So here's the, the current leaderboard. I'm ahead by a wee bit, I would say. And it looks like I win in twos. I, I win two weeks in a row and then Alex wins. And then I week, win two weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. So... If I'm reading the tea leaves right, you may have an advantage next week, sir. For our audio listeners, this current score is Ryan is at six. I am at two and I am just sweating bullets right now. But the good news is Ryan gets to go first this week. So what do you got for us today, sir? Right on. So uh, let me bring back my screen here. What I wanted to do this week was, uh, again, keep it, keep it to be a Teams feature, but bring in Power BI. I've learned a lot in the last three, four months about Power BI, and I want to encourage all of uh, our viewers and listeners to go and check out Power BI. And what I wanted to bring was, again, a use case in Teams with a Power BI report or presentation that you, you may not even need to be licensed to use. So I've tested this with a few different accounts, and I believe you'd be able to do this without having a Power BI Pro license. So... If you don't see Power BI in your app selector in Teams, uh, just go ahead and search it. You may need to add it. Uh, that's my only caveat. Um, but once you're in there, there's demos. There's a lot of quick starts. There's a lot of tutorials. And there is one, if you scroll through uh, this um, recommended carousel at the top, called Teams Activity Analytics. And this is my feature pick this week. And so what it, it takes a minute or two, depends on the first time, if it's your first time loading this, but it is a Power BI uh, visualization, call it a dashboard, call it a report, whatever you'd like, of your activity in Teams. So you can see it's this report's divided into three tabs, my activity, team activity, and team activity details. And you can come in and set a time period and see what you're up to on Teams how many meetings you've participated in, how many of those meetings have you organized, how many one-to-one -one calls have you made through Teams. And then you can get a summary in terms of time, how much time are you sharing audio, video, and screen sharing, and, and then a messaging summary as well. So you may set, you may have set for yourself a goal to be on camera more in meetings. And again, this is a nice way to come in month by month and see how you're measuring up to to that uh, new year's resolution let's say on the team side of it again you can come in and see some interesting things about the teams that you 
uh, are a member or owner of, how many active users there are, how many guests there are, active channels and total posts, and then some interesting things around days without activity, if you will, days without posts or replies. So again, if you're a team owner and you're trying to build uh, adoption and drive um, conversation and drive the use of teams in different channels, here you go. Here's a way to come in and get some analysis over the last 90 days. And then the, the last tab, team activity details, again, lets you pick a team, uh, any old team, and again, just see the same sort of information here uh, represented in a little bit of a different way. And then this activity summary is kind of cool. In the last 90 days, the market project team has had three active users across five active channels. Uh, of those people, zero were guests. Okay, that's what I expect. Uh, maybe I see a number here for guests and that could be setting an alarm bell off perhaps. Uh, but again, just a nice way to come in and see a quick activity summary. So let me just flip over to, uh, to a different screen here. And I'll just show you what uh, an example with a little bit more detail, a little bit more um, information. So this is my own. Uh, this is my own um, personal report from my work team's environment. So in the last 14 days, 31 meetings, 18 meetings organized, and a pile of calls. I'm, I'm a busy dude. Uh, lots of time sharing audio and video. And again, I, I can see it's had a really interesting day over here on March the 3rd. It was quite, quite busy doing audio sharing. But you can see I'm pretty consistent. Maybe towards the end of the week, I'm a little less on camera. All right, so some interesting analysis there. And then I can see how much uh, messaging I'm doing. Here's my team activity. Again, seeing where the active users are. Um, maybe some room for improvement on this particular uh, team here with only two active folks and, and many days without posts or replies. Something I can go in and fire that team up about um, conversing again um, just by, by looking at this analysis. And then the team activity details we have here uh, on uh, at our workplace. We have an all staff team, and you can see 66 active users. Maybe my head counts 300, and 66 active users is low. Maybe I've got maybe I have 70 employees, so 66 active users would be really strong and really positive. So again, just a nice place to come. Get your feet wet with Power BI. Stay inside of Teams. You don't have to leave Teams to, to do it. Um, use a little bit of Power BI. See what you can do with Power BI and get to know what you're up to and what your teams are up to um, in Microsoft Teams. Google's got a term for this that I love. Um, I think it's in YouTube. They call it Stats for Nerds. Stats and, for Nerds. And I love that. I absolutely love that. As someone who self-identifies as a nerd, that is something I really enjoy. Um, so that's some fun insights um, in terms of just like if you're ever curious about, you know, if you're trying to measure how Teams adoption is going in your team, if you're trying to mm -hmm. reduce your email, if your staff is going, hey, if we're spending too much time in calls and meetings, if we're spending too much time answering emails, you can use this as a tool to kind of measure, hey, we're trying to migrate in all this information into Teams so you don't have to do it as often. You can try to, you're trying to, you know, manage those numbers. It's a great tool to have to kind of, you know, check on it every once in a while as a reporting tool. Yeah, I've heard of these, uh, there's corporate culture now around no meeting Fridays or no meeting Mondays. This is a great way to come in and see how you're doing. How are you trending? Uh, and if you got, uh, if you're going to set a habit like that and you want to improve on, on how you're doing over time, great way to come in and see your trends. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I guess it's my turn, eh? What do you got for us? We're doing a callback to a watch and learn I did a little while ago. And this is board view in Microsoft lists because I still think it's awesome. I come back to it every once in a while because I'm like, oh yeah, this thing is here and I can actually use this. So if you haven't, if you didn't watch that episode, if you're not sure what board view is in Microsoft lists, it is another type of view that allows you to organize your data. So think of it as your Kanban lists in Microsoft Planner or Trello or something like that. So if you want to make your own board, you have to go into Microsoft lists, open up your board, and I'll show you an example one here. I have one called Progress Board, which I made during that watch and learn. 
And it takes those tasks and turns them into cards that have information displayed on them. And it's or, and these cards are organized into buckets. And they actually call them buckets. It's a term they pulled over from Planner. Kind of a little neat de uh, detail. So you can see I've got uh, about four of them here. One called unassigned, one called unstarted, or not started, in progress, and of course, complete. So these are statuses of a task workflow. And in here, I can drag them. I can drag these items from bucket to bucket. And that will automatically change that piece of data in the field. And you can see it change live because I have a field uh, displayed on my card called bucket. And I can just use them to quickly change a piece of metadata. And why is that different? Why is that better? Well, let's say you have a ton of these cards and you want to update the status or review the status of them in a nice quick way. And sometimes viewing them as a list isn't always the nicest way. And if you want to update the status of these, especially one at a time, you have to open up the card, go to the progress field, change the status, and etc. Now, you can do this in edit view as well, but I like using board view because I like that visual aspect of it. And it also allows me, again, to view these cards, view my items with some information on them, so I can, and which is also customizable. So if I want to see only the status of them and when they're started, I can customize these cards to reflect that information. So I can go to, I believe it's under edit current view and not that one. But if I go back into that really quickly, you can see here I'm editing the view. I can change the name of it from progress boards to something else. And there's a field under here called organize board by. And this is the choice field that you're going to create the buckets out of. So you have to have a choice field with a few values, at least one or two that you can actually create these buckets out of. So I have one called progress. I have another one called bucket that I could switch to. Hit save. And that's going to change um, my buckets from uh, the status, that progress field, to my bucket, which is basically just some categories that my cards are organized by. So I can use that as a tool to change how what state these are in, what categories these fall under. This is a really nice tool to help you organize, whether it's a project, the status of some um, assets you're working with, or a few other things. So there's a lot of really cool options here. You click on a card, you can still manage the data, leave comments in here, etc. It all works just fine. And of course, uh, I wanted to show you how to edit those fields. Now I got to remember how to do that because it's been a little while. Um, but you can actually edit the card, the information on the card, so you can. Um, so you can hide some certain, you can hide certain information, display other information. So I believe it's under, oh, there it is. So when I don't have anything selected, no card selected, you get this option called customize card under the view dropdown menu. So let's select that. And then this allows me to show and unshow what is available here. So I can, um, I can let's say, take off the start date. I wanna show the end date. I can add the title. And I can actually drag these fields to the top or bottom. I can basically drag them up and down based on what I want showing on the card and the order the information is showing on. So maybe I don't want to show progress anymore. I just want to show bucket. I've taken out the start date and just showing the end date. And then there's another option here to show column names as labels. I'll leave that enabled. But if you take it off, it'll just hide the field names from the card itself. So it just makes it a little more compact, a little cleaner. I like it, so I'm going to keep it on there. Then I'm just gonna hit save. So that changes my card display and looks nice and clean. I've got my task names, I know who they're assigned to and more. So again, currently the board view only works with choice fields. One day we might see some other options, but this is my feature of the week. I really love being able to organize my tasks just like this. Right on. And that drag and drop is like smooth. I love that little animation too. A little tilt on the card. Oh, it's really nice. I think my only beef with it right now, and they haven't changed this, is that you cannot, at least I can't figure out how to change the order of cards that are displayed in a single bucket. So once you drop it in there, they're basically, it just kind of picks an order for you. And I'm not really sure what the logic is. Right now, it looks like it's organizing them by al alphabetically because they have the tasks named as task B, task C, task D. So that's how it's ordered them. If I drag task A into the same column, it's probably going to be at the top. Yep, there it is. So mm -hmm. it's using some alphabetical sorting, but one day we might get that. Uh, we might get some options in there. 
in here. So if you're looking for your private planner board and you don't want to use Microsoft Planner, you still have board view and Microsoft lists in your back pocket. Definitely worth a look. Right on. So there you have it, folks. Teams usage analytics versus board view in Microsoft lists. Mm -hmm. What we need you to do is a vote. We want you to know which feature you're going to put over the top. Am I going to go for a three in a row? Or is, are we going to repeat the pattern where uh, I win two weeks in a row and then Alex wins? We need you to vote. And you can check that out. We'll get the Twitter poll up. Twitter.com slash is the place to go. Uh, as well, other places you can find us around the interwebs. Moo.ca is a great resource. YouTube.com slash is our YouTube channel. Uh, regular content posted throughout the week, as well as our back catalog of, of everything we've done over the last few years. Uh, if you like, subscribe, please click the bell. You'll get notified when the Moo show uh, is about to start and when we, when we do the pre-show each and every Wednesday morning. As well, if you prefer to have us in your ears, uh, walking the dog, the weather's out nice now, going for a stroll, and you want to pick up our podcast version of the MoO Show, that's at www.moo.show. Um, Twitter, again, twitter.com slash teammoo. Folks, I'm already getting heat about the Nuggets and Coke comment from earlier in the show, uh, so let me know your thoughts on my fast food quip, twitter.com slash teammoo. And last but not least, if you want to leave us a voicemail, a beef, a bouquet, something you enjoy using in Microsoft 365, something you want us to feature or dive into, or maybe a problem you're having with an app uh, service or feature in Microsoft 365, let us know, voicemail.moo.show, and we will do our best to answer your inquiry live on the show. And there you have it, another Moo shows in the can, Alex. Another Good one job. in the bucket. Another one. Oh, another one in the bucket on the board view. Excellent. See well, what I did? My own shameless plug. There we go. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another another week. We'll be back next Wednesday again. Same bat time, same bat channel. Ryan, pleasure as always. Take care. Bye now. <laughs>